Jen Aiden threw a drink, and I'm here to spill the tea. Stop worrying about where I'm at. If I wasn't at your event, party, or panel, then it wasn't <laughs> worth my time. You guys, it's the series finale of Andy's Girls. It's episode, I don't know, go fuck yourself. Um, I don't think I have a voice anymore. I'm riding high, and I'm here with my favorite passenger in this trip called Life to talk about, to mention it all. You know him as content manager, pop culture at Betches Media, host of the incredible podcast, Mention It All, and creator of one of my favorite accounts on Instagram and more, Bravo by Betches. Welcome back to the BravoCon therapy session, the deep dive, the tank known as the Clophis at Andy's Girls HQ. Dylan Hafer, how are we? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounding a little raw. I feel like the Countess. I think we both are giving Countess We're both, energy. Oh my God, I've always wanted to give Countess energy. Um, no, if, if anybody isn't abreast of everything that's happened in the last few days, my tagline was today a loving excerpt from Jen Shaw's tweet about her presence slash non-presence at BravoCon. We need to dedicate at least 45 I moments, I thought 45 about, minutes to the Jen Shaw I thought about reading the full tweet as my tagline. That seemed egregious, but, um, you know. And to give a little clarity on my tagline, it's in honor of the fact that Jennifer Aiden threw a drink at Joe and also Melissa, I guess, Potentially as a reaction to Joe saying during, to Joe Gorga rather, saying, as opposed to, um, saying during uh, one of his panels that his comedy career would last longer than Teresa and Louis' marriage. Or maybe it was just a general passing of the glass and the booze. I don't know direct what exactly the reason for it, but there well, are photos. If you if you believe Jennifer Aiden's assistant, Erica, who uh, <gasps> popped up on TikTok today, she says that Jennifer Aiden threw the drink at Melissa's assistant, a man who uh, came a little too close in the midst of this. Um, wow. She, yeah, she's like, she's like, I just want to come on here because I'm so sick of seeing everyone call Jennifer Aiden crazy. So I'm going to clear her name once and for all. And I have video. And so the, I've seen like three different videos of this thing that went down in the lobby of the Gansevoort Hotel right. on Saturday night. And what is clear is that there was some yelling back and forth and that Jennifer threw a beverage. <laughs> According to assistant Erica, it was a glass of water with ice. <laughs> Oh, not even a cocktail. Good for Jen for not wasting the booze. I think we all needed it. Right. She was like, she was like, we went to this party for not 20 minutes and Jennifer ordered a glass of water with ice, what she always drinks. And I'm like, that's not the only thing she always drinks, but okay. <laughs> Which she referenced multiple times during her panel. The pool kiki was referenced repeatedly over and over again, which I was actually kind of into. Listen, BravoCon happened. We are recording on Monday. I haven't, I slept last night for nine hours. I came back to my apartment as soon as BravoCon ended and I watched the entirety of The Watcher. I was up until three in the morning. It's guys, it's spoiler alert, not a good show, which I was very into. I was like, give me bad right now. I want bad non-Bravo content that's supposed to be scary and is just 
a nothing burger. I was extremely into it. Shout out to the watcher for truly helping me on my journey um, called life (laughs) and woke up at noon. And now we're recording. See, my problem was I went home. I did. I went to the watch what happens live taping at 7 p.m. last night, which was fun. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So that ended. It was a normal watch what happens live, obviously on steroids, but like lengthwise, it Mm. was a quick taping. Yeah. So I was home by like 830. But was just, you know, a little too high, uh, high yeah. on high yeah, on yeah. life, not yeah, on yeah. any substance. <laughs> um, Can't say that about everybody asking questions, by the way, <laughs> which we'll also get to. <sighs> um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of passed out like 11-ish, but then I woke up today. I, I had to do uh, a quick interview this morning, and then I just was in this like no man's land of yes. I didn't sleep enough to have the energy to do anything. Yeah. But also, you know, sometimes when you're like sitting at home and you're like oh I could watch a movie or I could catch up on a show mm-hmm. and then you end up just like staring at the wall yeah. and like your phone for like three hours and then it's 3 p.m and I'm here <laughs> I watched like half of Halloween kills or Halloween ends sorry <laughs> they're so different um <laughs> I'm not finished with it yet spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert that has, is not actually a spoiler to the plot but it is, is just not a good movie i feel like the name of this episode should be spoiler alert. it's not we a good film <laughs> oh my god i though i i this weekend was a lot was i a think lot. that's like the one thing anybody could agree on yeah i had any a, content creator and they're like nodding i had a lot of fun I really did. And I I mean, before we even get into any of the drama or any of the, you know, kinks of pu- putting on a big event like this, it was just so wonderful to see everyone and be in the same place. And like, you know, because in 2019, it felt so kind of like random. It was like, I don't know who I don't. I didn't know that many people. I don't know mm-hmm. who's going to be there. And nobody knew what to expect from like the event itself. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of like slapped together a little bit. And this year it was like, it was just like nice to to be in good company. And to, to be around. I don't know. It was like, it was like fun. I met a lot of people. I don't know. I mean, that's the, the connective thread, I think, to any of these events in real life is in the relationships that are either temporary or developed or, or longstanding and also noting that you could have people who are very close in your life who you've never actually met in real life. So I think that was something that's just so important and um, gratifying about BravoCon existing is that it's the opportunity to be like, oh my God, I text with you literally every day but we've never met. There was an immediate comfort with like seeing, you know, um, content creators who I literally consider good friends who I've never met before. And it's just like you see their face and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. Like there, it's not even mm-hmm. in. I mean, this in the best sense from in terms of intimacy. It's not even like, oh, my God, we're meeting. It's like, hey, because we talk so much anyway. And I would assume that. I think there were many moments for people throughout the weekend where it was just like, oh, my God, putting a physical body to a face, noting that the relationship is important. I think that was what was so what was so great. Right. Like when I saw Chrissy Teigen come in for the Atlanta panel and sit down in front of me, I go, Chrissy, we talk every day. (laughs) So nice to lovely put a body to the face. (laughs) Can we just say that? Um, Chrissy Teigen attended BravoCon 
as a literal attendee. She was shouted out by Amy Phillips at the who did a fantastic job. Shout everybody did, but shout out to Amy. Um, shouted out Chrissy and was like, I hope you're okay if I like say that you're here, kind of thing. But she came in like flanked with her team and her whatever to several panels, mm-hmm. sat front row and was just honest, seemingly honestly there as a Bravo holic. And she it's it was like Chrissy Teigen hashtag taste. The fact that Chrissy Teigen chose a, a mashup Housewives panel over Beverly Hills was taste to me. Chrissy Teigen's choices to go to the um, girls trip, Orange County, Atlanta, Atlanta. I want to say Potomac, but that could be wrong. She wore a version of a sky top top to Orange County. Yes. She was in a balcony like 15 she went to the Legends me Ball, yeah. at Legends Ball. I was watching Summer Page, Sierra come up to her to do like selfies. She is heavily pregnant, living her best life. And it was I, a shout out to Chrissy Teigen for being one of us. Yeah. We are equals here. <laughs> you also got whisked to the front row of every panel you wanted to attend I'm told did that not happen for you <laughs> me yeah I have my team of people I somebody, have my security somebody asked me yesterday because I Chrissy for the Atlanta panel Chrissy was literally sitting in the chair in front of mine mm. and I did take a selfie with her I felt annoying but like well, how was she, what was her response to it she was nice I was like okay so like she fall. I know she she like interact. She like follows Betches on Instagram, and so yeah. I kind of was like, "Hey, Chrissy, like I work for Betches." I don't know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And she was like nice, but it was one of those things where I feel like for the most part, people seemed sort of pretty respectful of her space, which I yeah. liked. And then also they like brought her a hot dog because I heard apparently she was like requesting a hot dog. So somebody asked me yesterday, they were like, "What did Chrissy Teigen smell like?" And I was like, "She smelled like ketchup." Oh my. <laughs> Which I'm into. That is an iconic perfume. <laughs> I mean, I just spritz on some Joe Malone before we started because I was like, I need, I need an energy. I need her. I need a vibe. I need a scent. So what? What was your like? What was your favorite panel of the weekend? Do you do you have one that's like? Because there were a few that I thought were really good, but I'm curious if there's like one that you think was the best. I mean, ask anyone. If they were in the room where it happened, which was the Salt Lake City panel, which was a literal reunion episode, and they will tell you it was spectacular. I thought Salt Lake City was really great. Here's the question is like what which panel was almost not just great, but almost like surprisingly great Mm -hmm. to me. What made the weekend was Salt Lake City. It felt like we were at a literal reunion. And I have to say, don't judge a panel by its moderator in terms of like, I think some of us were like, oh my God, Brad Grusky and Karamo. Okay, like they're doing the celebrity angle to BravoCon. And so I didn't necessarily have huge expectations for Karamo, noting that he is you know, has a daytime show and like is doing a lot of stuff. And I thought he did such a good job. I was like here for his energy. Obviously, there were some conditions that Bravo had set around topics that were being discussed. But you guys, it literally, I cannot understate the fact that the Salt Lake City panel was a reunion episode. Karamo noted that the seating had changed. The cast had requested it. So it was... Heather and Meredith on one side and Lisa Barlow and Whitney. And when Lisa Barlow said to Heather, I forget if she was even to Heather or Meredith, 
you're so full of shit. And that was the beginning of like several minutes of a volley back and forth between Lisa and Meredith and Lisa and Heather. I was like, this is home to me. This is home. I am. I am home. I was thinking earlier, I don't if I have one regret from BravoCon this year, it's that I just decided not to go to the Salt Lake City panel. Oh, see, this is what I love about this is because we went to very different events. Which a little I think bit, is yeah. At least we had. I mean, we had a lot of overlap, but yeah. definitely there were. I think that was the thing for me. It's like I loved seeing everyone, and we. I mean, we spent time together. I was with a lot of people, but I also. I think it's a very. If you're gonna like make the effort to go to BravoCon, see who you want to see, do what you want to do. You know, like right. Um, but make those choices in advance as much as you can because oh, it's yeah. it's a lot. Um, but I know. Um, so I didn't go to that panel, but uh, like Jared Alexander posted a bunch of mm-hmm. videos on Twitter that were really uh, illuminating for me. And I posted a bunch you on Instagram. Some. I there are lots of videos floating around. So if you haven't really seen much of that, I would do a little digging and and watch. But the way that it was, the thing with that cast right now is on the season, there's only five of them, which already is a very pared down dynamic where there's really no place to hide in the group. Mm-hmm. And there isn't there isn't any way to just let something go unaddressed or unresolved for more than, you know, an episode or two, because there's just not enough other stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But thinking about this panel and what the reunion is likely going to be like based on what we know about Jen's current involvement with Bravo. It's just the four of them. And it there, I mean, that could so easily fall so flat. And the fact that that panel was as explosive as it was is like, I mean, it sucks that Whitney and Heather are in such a bad place right now. It sucks that Meredith and Lisa are so toxic around each other, but like, are you not entertained? Let me tell you, Jen Shaw was in New York. She flew here. She came in hot. According to Tamra, who had some stories about her um, interaction with Jen Shaw, Jen decided to come to New York with, according to Tamra, uh, Judge, I almost called her Tamra bon- Barney, apologies. She came with her psychiatrist, jewelry designer, and lawyer. And Tamara said at one point she came into Tamara's hotel room, put on, said, oh, great, there's glam for me, put on glam that was absolutely not there for her and then was living her best life, like strolling down the hall. And this was on Friday pre-Legends Ball taping. Yes. And so this is when Tamara says that Jen was like, I'm going to go to watch what happens live tonight. And this was the Legends Ball. I it It felt like security in there was pretty tight. Like mm-hmm. there were a lot of checkpoints. There was a lot, you know, you had to have your ticket to go in any kind of area. Like they were being very specific about who was sitting where. Mm-hmm. And of course there's 140 Bravo celebrities that are being brought out on stage. The amount of logistics and wrangling and transportation yeah. and just things that went into pulling off that they show. They did such a good job. They did such a good job. And it's like, okay, there was an audio issue. They didn't have the, the mics for the squash that beef weren't right. But like, Overall, just the level of production that that was, like the fact that Jen Shaw had some kind of inkling that she was just going to like waltz in there. It's like, what what do you think is going to happen? And then she tweeted. So wait, I'll please do it. Tell me I mentioned it all. Yeah. OK, so I'm going to read the full tweet because I I read a little a little bit of it as my tagline. But so this story went around that she told Tamara she was going to go to watch what happens live. And then there was this 
idea or rumor or something that Tamra sort of, you know, gave someone else a heads up to make sure that that didn't happen. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so then Jen, so this story had started to make its way around a little bit. Then Jen tweeted, anyone believing I crashed anyone's party needs a reality check. I am the party. Also, I'm getting paid for BravoCon. Stop worrying about where I'm at. If I wasn't at your event party or panel, then it wasn't worth my time. Thank you for keeping my name in your mouth and trending. And Okay. There's like multiple parts of this, but her saying I'm getting paid for BravoCon, it's like, you, you, you're not here. That was what was so... She wasn't at BravoCon. Confusing. <laughs> she said... We had heard that she was in town, which lent a certain energy to us sitting down to Salt Lake City. Because I had said on, on AG previously, when Rinna was added last minute to BravoCon, I had said on, mm-hmm. on Patreon, on AG, wherever that I thought Jen Shaw was going to show up. The second that the, her sentencing was delayed, I said, Jen Shaw is going to show up to BravoCon. But my thinking was that she was going to show up to BravoCon seemingly with BravoCon's awareness and consent, which did not appear to be what took place. So we were in our seats thinking that she was going to be attending. They called out the four. They came out to, you know, huge applause. Karamo got seated and then they started. And it was interesting. There was one moment where someone asked a question about Jen and the energy completely shifted. It was like Karamo shut it down and it was an obvious um, no fly zone. It was an obvious no fly zone that I'm sure Bravo had been very rigorous on. It is a wild thing to note that Jen was able to fly here noting that she wasn't a part of BravoCon. Like, I don't know what work she was doing in New York, but it it does appear obvious that she was specifically not invited to participate in BravoCon or her, she was disinvited after her plea changed. So Andy said, because Andy did these like Ask Andy panels and there was one yesterday and he was asked why Jen isn't there and why she wasn't yeah. at the panel. And he said once she pleaded guilty, the engagement between her and Bravo ended essentially that that was kind of the turning point in that relationship that you know when you're maintaining your innocence and you're you know going to go to trial and defend yourself that's one thing to kind of let let it play out and Mm. see what happens but yeah it's it does sound like once she pleaded guilty Bravo is kind of like okay then we're not gonna like actively invite you places and pay you for appearances and stuff like I think that's kind of the vibe, which makes me think she I was thinking that there was a chance they might try and like film their reunion early this season. That's so what I was it thinking. was before Jen's sentencing. But oh, that no, is not what I was thinking. OK, but then I would have I would imagine if they're not having Andy oh, said no, that is what I was thinking. I was thinking sentencing because her sentencing is in yeah, November, yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I think it got changed to December. OK, but either way, their yeah, season probably won't end until January or February. Yeah. Um, but Andy said that he wants to do a one-on-one sit down with her because he has questions. And so that makes me think that whatever they're planning for the reunion this season, she likely won't be included, whether it's because of timing or because of (laughs) legal reasons. And the thing, the worst thing I think, well, not worse than going to a federal prison, but (laughs) I, I think a tough moment for Jen might be an understanding how positive everyone reacted to Salt Lake and how unnecessary she was. And when I say there's a way to have Jen Shaw's presence felt without Jen, she didn't come up organically. She wasn't 
needed. Lisa Barlow and Meredith fighting for several minutes, heated, heated fighting because Lisa Barlow was saying I was in the bathroom alone, meaning I was with a producer but by myself. And when I had the monologue meltdown, I was venting to someone and Meredith in using as you know a woman with a law degree focusing on the language and saying you weren't alone there was another person there and essentially saying you meant for this to be on tv with regardless of a camera being in the space whether or not that happened you knew that this was going to appear and watching them argue about that mm -hmm. about the intent behind lisa barlow was wild watching heather and Whitney just honestly fight. I have to say, raise his hand. I wasn't sure how much of Heather and Whitney was like a genuine breakdown of their friendship. It just seemed, I don't know. It just seemed like a little like, how does this happen? And, and was some of this mm -hmm. not 100%? It is 1000% clear that they are fucking mad. Well, and beyond that, at the girls trip panel, it was asked who had the most, who fought the most in Thailand mm. on girls trip three, which we got to see a little sneak preview of that. We got I got to know see the full trailer. Yeah. And it, I think Whitney said that she and Heather pr mm. probably fought the most. And then there was another moment. Um, maybe it watch what happens live last night. It all runs together. <laughs> when you see Whitney Rose at four different events in three days, you're right. like, I don't know when she said what, <laughs> but one of them said something to the effect of somebody said, when are you going to squash that beef? Mm. And they were like, I think it was Whitney said, I thought we squashed our beef in Thailand, right. but look at us now. A few months later, the show was airing and we're yelling at each other on stage at BravoCon. Like I think they're it's, they've already been through a couple of kind of cycles on this roller coaster ride of, arguing really getting all the feelings off their chest and starting to get better and like we see a lot of the time this uh reality tv game can make it really hard to meaningfully move forward with someone because the show you're filming that's hard the show's airing that gets hard again because you're the feelings are coming back up you're seeing the confessionals there's lots more noise happening reunion cycle now we add BravoCon in the mix it's like girls trip you know Whitney and Heather have clearly been really through the ringer with each other in the last nine months let's say and it doesn't seem like things are getting close to a resolution there it felt like with the Salt Lake City cast as a whole there was a very different there was a big difference in Jen Shaw's alternate reality versus what the rest of the women are going through on reality TV and how that is affecting their life. Jen Shaw is like sneaking into parties, crashing like the after party or whatever for Bravo, dancing with Marlo, telling multiple people, including housewives who mentioned this in panels, including Tamara, that she's saying she's like not going to get any jail time, which is a psychotic thing. But also like it's a wild statement to make. But of course, this is your last dance mm -hmm. and you weren't invited to the dance, but this is your last opportunity to be like it's all going to work out when so many people see the fact that that's not going to take place and watching these women not even necessarily have to react to that aside from Heather's face of absolute disdain and discomfort when Tamara's mentioning stuff and Taylor makes a joke about how her jumpsuit 
Jen's jumpsuit is going to look a little bit different than Taylor's. Like <laughs> noting Heather's like absolute uh, disdain for that moment, um, which lasted for several minutes. Um, I just like a discomfort and like disapproval, which I understand. Like it's just it is wild. I, I can't imagine being Jen Shaw. And probably maybe a part of Jen Shaw's the fact that she would never understand this or think about it. But like the world is moving on without her. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it seems apparent to all the attendees that the world moving on without her is a very good world. Right. The music is going to stop for her in like 12 and a half minutes. And she can. I don't think she can allow herself to really, really feel that because it. It, I mean, it is so devastating, I'm sure, for her to think about the fact that it's like, not only are you not going to be a housewife in six months, but you're not going to be like around. Page six or the New York or maybe it was, yeah, it was, page six, I think, wrote a piece about some of like some of this happening or, or other things related to BravoCon. And it ended with the fact that the only two present mm-hmm. housewives who are who did not attend are Diana and Jen Shaw. And that is, seeing that in black and white... It's extremely telling. It is extremely telling about both of them. Also extremely telling about the fact that Garcelle did not want to use Diana's name, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. I have a... I was like trying to jog my memory. My phone is completely full. Storage is rest in peace. Trying to jog my memory about moments before you got here and looking through videos from panels and... You know, Garcelle was just such an icon, so well received by Mm -hmm. everyone, really open in panels. And during one of the mashup panels, she may I need to put this up as a reel, but she like uh, one of the questions was um, uh, one of the questions was, Was you know, who should get fired? Yeah, who should get fired? And she laughed and then imitated Rinna and was like, put me on pause, which got a huge reaction. And then later she said, I want to change my answer, whoever was behind the bot attack. And she revealed that the next day, I forget if this panel was Friday or Saturday, but then the following day she said, we will find out mm-hmm. who was behind the attack. By we, she did not, in my eyes, necessarily mean the Bravo community, right. which is the confusion that I think a lot of people hearing this secondhand are like, oh, she's going to like tell all of us. That's not the case necessarily, right. she but means she was going to find out. She will receive the results of whatever investigation she was having perf- carried out and that I mean to be honest it knowing if if it were Diana knowing how litigious Diana is it would be kind of foolish to be Garcelle going on Instagram and being like Diana about the bots it's like you know that's not really the point but I, I do think it's very interesting and like you mentioned Garcelle this whole weekend just was I mean pretty rapturously received with the BravoCon a crowd and I mean like it's the kind of thing where at BravoCon everybody most people are fans of pretty much everybody there you know like everybody's getting applause it's not like they're <laughs> I mean you, almost everybody <laughs> right but like everybody has fans there but there are certain people where you feel like there's kind of this like extra level of just yeah appreciation and support yeah. and I think Garcelle was definitely one of the people receiving that and it makes sense and I think the other person was Kathy Hilton yes Kat I mean the Legends Ball literally getting like brought to a halt because people were chanting Kathy's name. Like that didn't happen for anyone else. <laughs> and I have to say my seats to some of the panels were great, but and we can get into some of the mechanics of 
um, BravoCon and our experiences having different ticket levels. Um, but I was very fortunate to be with my pals at Bravo Batch, like fifth row floor for Legends and watching all of those moments play out. The fact that the seating was so Bravo. Mm. I don't know if that was like on purpose and they just told the cast. I would assume everything was like laid out like very specific and also people might have mixed things up when they actually sat down but it being Rinna, Crystal and Kathy sitting together was a moment. Well, I this is actually something that might be interesting cuz I'm sure a lot of people listening watched the Legends Ball yeah. cuz it's been on it was on TV last night but one thing that might not have come across because of like the editing and just you know if you're not looking at the whole stage the whole time Rinna was sitting on the very edge yep. of the bench on the back row. I mean, Beverly Hills was all in the back row, but she was sitting on the end mm-hmm. and she was keeping to herself pretty much the entire time. 100%. And this was this was an audience, or not an audience, but this was an event where they were stopping for commercial breaks because it was mm-hmm. a TV taping. And there were a couple times when there was a little technical delay. So they were out there on stage for quite a while and there was a lot of mingling going on a lot of chatting back and forth between members of different casts people were talking to their own casts you know it was a very social atmosphere on stage particularly during the commercial breaks Mm -hmm. and Rinna was sitting there minding her own fucking business really I mean pretty much looking like she would rather be anywhere else and I think that's it's really interesting because she is somebody who is undeniably one of the biggest names in housewives Mm -hmm. and i think in the past she could have been somebody that was really kind of like holding court in that space a little bit where people from other shows would probably want to go talk to her and all this stuff and it's like the rena shop was kind of closed for business you know Mm -hmm. it did not feel like she was in that zone of interacting with people and it, it was just it was interesting to watch because you know that was not really the vibe and she was she was clearly not really in the mood to be there. Well, I think we do need to talk about Beverly Hills, but before we do, what was your favorite panel or mo or event? Maybe panel. I think my favorite panel was probably Potomac. Mm. Um, oh my God. It's so good. So but, good. So Potomac scheduling wise, it, Potomac was first thing in the morning on day three, which it was tough. Oof. A little tough. That was <laughs> extremely tough. It was a, a little tough, especially because I might have stayed out a little too late mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Um, and I think some of the housewives did too. I <laughs> I made a TikTok about like having to get to this. Pa- I was like, it was the like TikTok song. I, was, I like, saw it's that. Seven in the morning, and I tagged Ashley in it, and she responded. She was like, right, like, but yeah, when I was like walking over. Um, but you know the thing with Potomac, and I think. The BravoCon panels, it it is, you want a balance. You want there to be some cattiness, mm-hmm. some shade, maybe a little bit of arguing. Like, it's fun to have those moments, but you also want to just experience the personalities mm-hmm. of the people. And that's what's so fun about being there and seeing them in person and the group dynamics in person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing Karen and Giselle toss their little shady digs back at each other, but then also say in the same breath that they have respect for each other and stuff like that. And somebody asked a question, or I guess it wasn't even really a question, but they were basically shouting out how the editors on Potomac are so masterful. And almost every single one of those women 
had something to say about that and had love to give to the editors and was, you know, talking about what makes their show so special. And I, I just think like, I think it's uh, a lot of us would agree that Potomac over the last few years has been one of, if not the most solid franchise and just like never really letting up and always really bringing it. And it's the same thing when you see those women on stage at BravoCon that it's like they're professionals, they're putting on a show, they're giving you exactly what you want. And it was just so much fun. And I think, I think Potomac gave that energy. Atlanta really gave that energy for me too. Atlanta was so it, for me, it was Salt Lake City, Potomac, and Atlanta. And I remember in 2019, Atlanta had one of the best, if not the best I panel, too. I think Atlanta too. was the best in 2019. And so to watch them again up there, and it's a little bit of a different group, obviously. Like, Portia's not there this time. Not being carried out on a wheelchair. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Or being, like, put out of the wheelchair, carried out, sat in the But, like, seat. watching yeah. Candy pulling faces the entire time, sometimes seemingly unaware of the faces she's making, you know, watching Kenya and Marlo kind of interact with each other. It's It's just, like... It's so good. And I think Drew and Sonia really are doing a good job of fitting into that mix. And I mean, Drew. Poor sweet Drew. Poor Drew. <laughs> oh, God. I love Drew. I don't know. I just, <laughs> oh, she does something for me. Um, but then, okay, I think aside from those two, the, the one that kind of surprised me a little bit, and I was excited for it, but Miami, I had a lot of fun. Oh, I didn't go to Miami. Tell me about Miami. So the thing with Miami is that we know that they finished filming the season five and we knew that we were getting the trailer. And Mm I um, so I was excited for that, obviously. And I was really excited to see kind of what the atmosphere was like, knowing that they've filmed a whole season since we've last seen them and kind of to get a read on, okay, like, what's the vibe? Mm -hmm. Who's getting along? Who has tension? And... (laughs) The first, the first question that the moderator asked was just like, "How would you describe the new season?" Or oh, like, "What, okay. like, what can we look forward to?" And I think what followed was probably five or six minutes of kind of like, t- it was like bouncing a beach ball around the group of Ooh. like, there was drama about who was invited on Dr. Nicole's private plane, and then who had. Uh, taken her up on the invitation to come to the private plane. And then all of a sudden, Adriana was saying that Alexia had uninvited her from her house. And then there was just like, it was one of those things where it really felt like there was this kind of like electric energy Mm -hmm. within the group where like the overall vibe is still fun and Mm -hmm. positive. Maybe not so much like Salt Lake. Like Salt Lake, there's a little more darkness happening right now. Yeah. But like overall, it was still fun. There were still like cute moments. You know, we people are friendly with each other, but it's like you get you peel back one layer and it's like, oh mm. y'all two don't like each other right now. And like we're seeing um this season <laughs> it looks it feels like Marisol and Adriana are not really doing well right now. Ooh. Alexia and Adriana are having a lot of problems. Um there was one point when they asked uh, they asked Lisa Hochstein about kind of who was really there for her the most during her divorce. And she honestly, Lisa seemed to be in a very good place with the group overall. Good. It sounded like everybody was really kind of rallying around her. And I think we're going to see that you, in the trailer. You see it. But like, I think for the most part, it seems like the group is really going to uplift her this season mm-hmm. and she needs it. But she was saying, you know, like 
Larsa and I have gotten really close and we've been, Mm. you know, we're like, we hang out a lot now, but you know, at the beginning of the season, it was a little, it was a little tough. And they, you know, so they were saying lovely things about each other. And then all of a sudden they were arguing over who was, who was not being a good friend to who at the beginning of the season. Oh my God. And this goes back and forth. It's like, it's like, okay, so I don't think you were really being a good friend to me. And Larsa's like, right. And so then I felt the opposite. (laughs) And it's like, I love these kind of layered dynamics where it's like, you're talking about how great of friends you are right now. Yeah. And then at the flip of a switch, you're arguing over who wasn't a good friend to who six months ago. And like that sort of thing to me is indicative of a season that's going to be kind of a wild ride and really interesting. And I mean, the Lenny stuff in the trailer already looks spicy. I can't wait for Miami. That makes me so excited. I didn't go to that panel because there was like eight other things Mm -hmm. going on. And I feel like, listen, guys, so the 2019 panel, the 2019 event to me was like a slice of heaven because we really truly had no ex, no, not even no expectations, but no understanding of Mm -hmm. what it was that we were going to be attending. And what ended up happening was this kind of like wonderful, almost seemingly miraculous, um, really really well executed event a smaller event an event that sold out in like two seconds but an event that felt very connected to the experience of attendees like a focus on that everything to me at least and I say this as an event producer event consultant as well felt very um purposeful and it felt like we were really being really well taken care of noting it was a much smaller event and their first time at bat which I think is a different kind of pressure. And so I think that probably applied when you're hearing people talk about how incredible it was and also Mm -hmm. you just want to go and noting how huge the event became. It went from going to an event with several thousands of people to like tens of thousands over the course of the weekend. And I don't have any access to actual numbers aside from what people are assuming or what's just been floating around. I think it was over 30,000 if you count all three days. Right. But I don't know the breakdown of each day. But the Javits Center to me as a New Yorker, I actually... I don't go to con events. I do not like big crowds in that sense. And I that to me is not an event that I feel comfortable at. And um, there was a little bit of a a sea shift, I think, from the idea that going solo is amazing. You'll meet so many people in 2019 versus maybe going solo for some people in 2022 because it was just so big that you could get lost in the sea of the event and the people regardless of who you were potentially attending with. Mm -hmm. That I think was a little different, but well, that um, that happened at the Beverly Hills panel, which obviously was, you know, if, a shit show. If you've been on social media, you've seen like the video of people like stampeding running through the. There was a running of the bulls that became a stampede. But I was with because I was with you and our friends Katie and Alexa and From a couple of a couple other people, mm-hmm. and li- we were like gonna go find seats together, and then. I saw somebody I knew said hello for a split second and just there was no way I was going to find you again because the crowd was just like, and like I do. Yeah. I mean, it was that, I mean, that was by far the most like chaotic moment of the weekend in a literal sense. Like every, 
that was the only t- the Beverly Hills, you know, crowd control mess was really the only time I felt like I was like truly being overwhelmed just by like a mass of people. But obviously it was crowded. I mean, everything was crowded. I felt overwhelmed at multiple points throughout the weekend because it felt it was immediately clear to me that you could either choose to devote your day to waiting in line for several hours for a photo that you may or may not receive or waiting in line uh, behind a ton of people to get a seat in the room at panels. And the difference between 2019 and 2022 for so many of us, and most especially uh, in terms of getting content, content creators, was in 2019, it was like a matter of like, do you sit front row or like third row? You know, like it wasn't Versus 2022, where it's like, okay, am I even going to get a seat in the room? Because, mm-hmm. and that happened with several panels. There was a stress after Beverly Hills happened that led to making choices to wait in line for an hour, an hour and a half to miss one panel so that you can hopefully get in the room for another, which is where the buddy system was so important because it was swapping positions in line or it was like, can I attend this and then meet up with you guys in line, noting that, you know, you and I had different ticket levels. So our experiences were maybe a little different from that, but I felt a a little stressed out because it it almost seemed like somewhat of a surprise that so many people would want to go to certain panels, Mm. which it, it, I don't know that it necessarily should have been, but there was definitely a, a, a huge difference in event execution and crowd maintenance maintenance from day one to day two because day one was tough. Day one was tough in terms of just trying not to panic about the amount of people who were trying to get into the room for certain events. Mm -hmm. I also think there were specific crowd control things that they changed and made better. Yeah. But also I think partially the thing with Beverly Hills, that being the first day, I think of the entire schedule for the entire weekend, that was the thing that probably everybody who bought a ticket to go to BravoCon wanted to go to that. Yes. And so I think with every other panel, it's like, Okay, like some people really love Southern Charm, but a lot of people don't really watch it or don't care enough to go to that Mm -hmm. panel. Same with pretty much every other show on Bravo. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, things were split up enough. There were enough schedule overlaps that it's like, ah, I don't know. I really like Jersey, but it's at the same time as this other thing. And so like it's a it's a push and pull. But I think with Beverly Hills, it was just like the biggest room they had wasn't big enough for everybody and everybody wanted to go. And guys, just so like there were thousands of people attending this event. It's at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City, which is a huge, 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 huge event space. So there is that. There were a lack of directionals, which I found confusing. Um, So like even knowing which lines to get into, I was VIP or SVIP. It was confusing to me mm-hmm. day of. There were not a lot. The first day to like be so confused about what was going on was tough because there just wasn't an appropriate number of yeah. people uh, from an events perspective, like specific to the venue to help the number of people who were confused and the signage was not where it needed to be. Yeah. I think also, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't, again, I don't know about like numbers specifically, but something that I heard people saying, which would make sense to me is that it felt like they maybe sold too many VIP tickets. 
for kind of what they had. It felt like for a lot of people in VIP, someone said this to me and I wish I remembered who. So shout out to you. Um, that the experience of SVIP where you're paying, you know, $2,000 for just the ticket alone, let alone travel, everything Mm -hmm. else that you're doing, maybe you're getting babysitting where you are back home, you know, adjustments to work schedule, family stuff, whatever it is you're doing. The cost is never just the cost of the ticket for all of us. I was taking, I never take cabs. It's such an unnecessary and expense that I can't afford. And I was like having to take cabs because it was just so much was going on. Um, but, uh, what am I even trying to say? So the SVIP, you can speak more to that experience. But from the perspective of VIP, I think a lot of VIP people were upset because GA, I think there was a little bit of an understanding, not to say that this is like, okay, but that GA was going to have very, very long lines. But the lack of access to people in VIP Mm -hmm. was disconcerting because it felt like there was some sort of idea that there would be some sort of preference in getting into rooms that sometimes happened and sometimes didn't. There was a point during the um, chaos at Beverly Hills where they were saying like, listen, we can't check your badges. If you're SVIP or VIP or GA, just like get the fuck out if you don't have a seat. And because I made the really smart choice of not getting or applying for press credentials, my experience with like, people who I'm covering the event, like I'm writing a piece that you guys will be able to read uh, this week, hopefully at some point. But the experience of other people who are writing because they had press credentials was different. But in Beverly Hills, everybody felt stressed out. Mm -hmm. I spoke to friends who were covering the event who had like women trying to join them in their seats like there was someone i had been told who laid out plank position in her seats and refused to stand up like it was a lot of chaos and i think for vips that was for people not you know what i'm saying the for people who had vip level tickets right 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 that was there was some confusion there or some resulting chaos specific to that price point and and level that didn't necessarily result in what people were kind of thinking it would. Yeah, I think it's hard also when when it's an event that's happening for the first time in this form. Like yeah. I would say that 2019, obviously they've done a BravoCon before, but it's not really directly comparable in terms of the event execution. It's really not. And I think it was a little because, you know, when you say, oh, like a separate line to get into the venue, a separate line for panels and meet and greets, it's like you, there was a separate line. But depending on how many people are in that line or how many of those tickets you're selling, like you're not necessarily getting like a wildly better experience just because there's a different line. And the thing with Bravo is Bravo doesn't have an events team. And so I think the people who put in every ounce of energy and work into making this happen should be commended a hundred percent. Like the people on Bravo social, the people Bravo with Bravo, Bravo marketing, everyone who essentially had to take on this huge event on top of their other job responsibilities. That is a massive undertaking. But as an event producer, when I'm producing an event, which is typically different. I, for several years, I've been like working on galas, smaller private events or larger private events. Um, 
I'm working on that full time as an event consultant for sometimes like seven or eight months. And those are very different events. They're much smaller. The ticket price can be like $100,000 for a table of 10, like, or other levels and tiers. And in those cases, you are still dealing with celebrities, government officials, electeds, notable names, whatever. So there is that too. But it felt like there was a certain amount of um, support maybe Mm -hmm. in executing the event and in making sure that the event was produced for such a scale that didn't happen. And I think that hopefully NBC Universal, the powers that be, make sure that the people who are working on this event, who did such a good job under surely so much stress, um, that hopefully there's support for them when this happens again. Because I think it it's not, I don't, I don't know that it's fair to put on, to decide to do an event at this scale and not provide the support. I don't think that there was an appropriate number of people working at the event. There were obviously security issues the second day that they put changes in for the the next two days, which was fantastic. But like there were certain things that I think could have been certainly helped if they had maybe not done Javits, waited to do Javits, continue to grow the event. Um, but not get to this scale when there's a three-year difference between 2019 and 2022 and your expectations don't meet up with the capacity. You know? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I Yeah. yeah. I mean, overall, I think, like, I, I had a great weekend. I don't have, like, major complaints. But, again, like we were saying, like, we, I, we had a different experience because I had an SVIP wristband. Right. And I would say people have asked me – if I think it's worth it. And I mean, full disclosure, I didn't pay for my ticket. Neither I do did this, I. I do this for work. So like right. me say, me telling you whether $2,000 is quote unquote worth it is a loaded question because I didn't have to make that decision. And also, how are you to know what is worth it to another person? Exactly. And, right. I would say in terms of a BravoCon experience level, yeah. if you can swing it, it is worth it. In terms yeah. of what your experience is going to be like and what and how enjoyable of a weekend you might have. Because I will say, like, for the most part, I okay, granted, just uh, I did not do photo ops. I, Same. I, I, With one exception. <laughs> Shannon? Which to. No, I didn't have time for Shannon. Oh, okay. So, like, I, I ran into a, a lot of Bravo celebrities. I took pictures with people. I didn't go to anybody's photo op booth at the appointed time and wait in line. So I don't know how that was with SVIP. But in terms of panels, in terms of mostly just panels, that's pretty much what I did. I didn't have an issue getting into anything that I wanted to get into. Yeah. And I I think I think there were I mean there I did wait in lines sometimes. I did I didn't always I didn't have like a front the best seat at everything but I was able to attend everything that I wanted to. That's a very different experience as a VIP. The lines were insane. The stress level was insane. Mm-hmm. Um the amount of time spent waiting in the in line to try to secure a seat in the room was 
a genuine time commitment and it did require the fact that there was just an understanding that you're not going to get photo ops and because VIP didn't come with any of the extra bells and whistles that SVIP did like these Bravo Paloozas where you get to genuinely have these incredible meet and greets mm-hmm. with Bravo Lebs there was just sort of an understanding that you weren't necessarily going to interact with anyone who was a Bravo Leb mm. um, unless you tried to wait in line for four or five hours which some people did and then the Bravo Lebs didn't show up because there were last minute changes which I think was yeah there were tough. there were a few of those and there were also just somewhere it's like if the photo op is scheduled to be 45 minutes and the line is two hours long they might not be able to do everyone and right. I think it's a it it's a balance of maybe there are too many people there maybe they need to be better about capping the line at a certain point I think that that was something I would say like sort of concretely that it's like for some things maybe you need to be keeping track of how many people are in line because it's kind of just cruel to have twice as many people lining up as are actually going to be able to get in the room and that's something that you could maybe like keep an eye out for um I will say the other thing if you haven't been to BravoCon or weren't paying attention the other thing that really was I would say a big big plus of having SVIP was that there was a lounge and for specific to people with us yes there was an SVIP lounge with um you know I don't want to say free because (laughs) the tickets included 2000 yes included there was food in there at different points during the day there were water bottles cans Mm -hmm. of Pepsi who's a big sponsor (laughs) Lay's was a big sponsor yeah there were there there were plenty of chips you got uh (laughs) you got a certain amount of free drinks per day Mm -hmm. and they would bring also there were lots of couches and tables and chairs so if you needed a place to go kind of just like sit for a little bit not be in the not be in like the crowds have a bottle of water maybe get a drink if you want to and then also the other thing that was nice about there was that they were bringing in bravo liberties fairly consistently like there, if you were in there during the day there was usually one person in there taking pictures that's and, great and there uh, people were there would be a line because you know enough people had these svip tickets that there mm-hmm. <laughs> would still be like a couple hundred people in there but it was a there'd be a couple hundred people in there maybe not a couple hundred I don't know I'm bad at but I can't math I, is hard I math can't, is like, hard eyeball a number of yeah, people yeah, yeah. but you know like when when Tamra was in there taking pictures oh, there were yeah. there were a few dozen people in line you know yeah. like it wasn't like a 10 second wait to get a picture with no, Tamra no 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 but um but it's not five hours exactly and so it's very different and I would say like the lounge was felt like a game changer for me just kind of in terms of making it through the weekend yeah so I think if they do it next year and it seems like a similar kind of ticket breakdown which of course we don't know yet if you're looking at tickets and you're on the fence about how much money you want to spend but you are thinking about doing an SVIP I would say yeah it probably is a good decision if you can afford it financially which of course they've made it hard (laughs) And, also, and I don't want to discount that. I'm not saying just yeah. like go broke to buy an SVIP ticket, but I would say that like experience wise, it was a lot better. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos 
all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. 
Yeah, and I think also, you know, the thing is that everyone attending BravoCon speaks the same language, but maybe the treatment of people was a little bit different. And I just think that, like, I think everyone's expectations were different, but I hate hearing stories of people, like, yelling at people that worked at the event, yelling and fighting with each other Mm -hmm. in line to wait for things. I think people felt very stressed out, but that brings out the best and worst in people. BravoCon is no different from any other kind of con. Um, Someone, and again, I'm sorry, I forget who I was chatting with suggested this, which I thought was a great idea. Although something that like made me clench a little bit financially, like the idea of it just generally, I've never been to Comic-Con before, but I've heard that Comic-Con is like very well, it's a well-running machine, but it is a literal machine in and of itself. It's not attached to a network. It's a totally different entity and and can't really be compared in that sense but they charge for ticket they charge for photos it's a different system Mm. you're charging individually for photos and I know the idea of paying more is difficult for people who are thinking that's a part of the event but I think that would actually improve the event with uh if if they're aiming for Javits being the new kind of spot for this, which I hope they're not, if they want to keep it at the massive scale and they have that kind of support, which requires a lot of additional support if you want to do that, I think that would help with lines for photos. I think that would help with the experience Mm -hmm. and it would potentially, you know, if you're paying for a, a, a photo, I think yeah. at the moment that you're standing in line, you can't get you can't pay for that in advance. If you're paying in it for an advance for a, a photo with someone, I think you're doing it wrong. But um, that might actually help with some of this. You know who already had that idea? Kenya Moore. Because she had her. Oh, did she? So in the Bravo Bazaar, which was a whole lot bigger than it was last time. I don't know yeah, if you remember. It was but the Mall of America this year. The Bravo Bazaar was, I mean, it was popping. I got myself... <laughs> I got myself a She by Sheree hat. Oh my, I didn't have any time to go in it. Well. <laughs> but I, it was miles long. It was miles long. Um, So Ms. Moore had a Kenya Moore hair care booth at the mm, bazaar. Love. And at one point I ran into someone that I knew waiting in line behind some stanchions at the Kenya Moore hair care booth. And I'm like, what are you, what are you waiting for? And he was like, well... Kenya's coming to take pictures, but she was supposed to come like an hour ago. Uh-oh. But they made us buy a T-shirt if we wanted Uh-oh. to get a picture with Before? her. So now we feel like we can't leave the line because we Uh-oh. already bought the fucking Kenya That's Moore hair care shirt. Great. <laughs> but you know, Ms. Moore, she made she made the coins. She did, but did all of those people get photos? I think she came. I okay. don't know. I mean, like, I think I do think with this, there are a certain amount of things where it's like some of these are just features of a large scale event and I think you know there are going to be schedule changes there are going to be delays there are going to be lines like obviously waiting in line is not something that you're going to avoid at a 30,000 person event but I think it's like you were saying kind of just like figuring out ways to alleviate the bigger pain points and the things that actually shouldn't be the way it's happening but right right. and um, and and I think again this is an event that is a part of a network it is not a separate event that exists as a separate event so I think expectations around that it's a difficult converse or a different conversation when you're paying money for it but like it is a Bravo event but Bravo is not an event space you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying so like again I my hope is that 
when they do this again, which surely they will, you don't do it. You don't upgrade in terms of capacity of the Javits Center and then say, okay, that was it. Like, I think that this could be and is a very successful thing for them that supports the Bravo community and, and is different for the Bravo community and is so great and so valuable in so many ways. Just, I just hope that they have, you know, the production and event support that would help it. Yeah. One thing yeah. I would say is everything looked great. All of the stage design, all of the signage, mm. all of the photo experiences and stuff. A lot of stuff. gold. You know, I love a gold moment. I felt like all of that stuff, all of the kind of activations, the photo, you know, the experience type of stuff. I felt like all of that was designed really well and executed really well, which was just nice. Like people, you know, you could get a lot of nice photos. You could get a lot of, you know, like in the the Bravo land, like super. So it was like last time they had a small Bravo museum. House this was like super sized yeah. kind of yeah. with like photo ops integrated, you know, having the the Salt Lake City bathtubs that you could take photos in yes. and you could take fo- the face and hole with Teresa and Louis wedding picture, like all of that stuff. I thought they did a really, really nice job with. And, you know, those kind of things at least from what I saw, mostly didn't have crazy lines. I know some of the some of the more like video experiences did like the house. I didn't get to do any of it. But I mean, I yeah. did. I didn't either. But like, uh, there was like a housewives intro thing that you could do. Which that was we like did in twenty nineteen. Interactive. Yeah. And I heard that had like a ridiculous wait time, but I think it was also a little more involved. I don't know. But over overall, I I would just say like that was done super well. It was just kind of like everything looked great. Yeah, Bravo Land, which I put a reel up on Instagram that just like had all of these different I moments. That was good. Thank you. Do you like my music choice? Thank you so much. Um. Guys, I'm like killing it on social, she says with a laugh. Um, but like Bravo Land was incredible. Mm-hmm. And that felt really special and specific. And there was I went in twice, no line either time. Yeah. Like really felt comfortable and it was like a little bit of a break from all the crowds because there were just so many people mm-hmm. there and so much crowding in the lines before panels that it was nice to get a break and feel like you're still you're more immersive into the experience. And having a little break, but you're also still feel like you're doing something and making the most of your time there. Speaking of doing something and making the most of my time there, oh, I was no. in the Dubai panel and Dubai happened right after Beverly Hills. I didn't go to the Dubai panel. So this is um, probably news to me. Dubai was my hashtag safe space because <laughs> we tried to get into Beverly Hills. Essentially, there were like five people there working from the events team and thousands and thousands of people trying to get in so at a certain point people just started walking on in and then people started running on in and then there were there was a significant amount of time in which the events the the people working the event were trying to get anyone without a seat out of the room because it was way it was like nine million times the fire code right people were people were standing in front of the stage in front of the front rows of seats there were like dozens of people standing and then people started sitting on the floor and they were like that doesn't work either (laughs) right and we were then in aisles and then in the back of the room and then outside of the room so we heard Lisa Rinna getting booed but didn't necessarily see it and then we just gave up because it was such a a unfortunate it was the energy was so negative at that point like Mm. just in terms of like we just watched this crush of people happening happening uh, of people from the events team are yelling at people just asking like even when we arrived to the space just to try to find the end of the line was like 15 oh, minutes no it was circling. bad yeah 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 and I we asked someone and he 
was very stressed out, understandably so, and was like, I have no idea. Just like, it's chaos. And so that was the indicator to everybody that this was not going to go well. Um, just the general vibe. Nobody knew where mm-hmm. anybody in that led to the chaos because there was n- simply not enough support staff, too many people trying to get in. It it was we just knew it was not going to go well. So that was a, a very tough experience because we had to skadoodle from the room, the energy. I think I was so happy to hear that it was like a nothing burger panel so that <laughs> I didn't miss anything. Big shocker there. I know. We go into Dubai. It was just like a really nice vibe. Chanel and Caroline were friendly with each other. Chanel was just... Caroline a, Brooks? Sorry, Stanberry. Okay. Um, every It was just a great vibe. Nina looked fucking incredible. Holy shit. Everybody She's looked so beautiful. The women on Dubai, it just, Chanel Ayan, superstar, like did her like v- supermodel walk across the stage at a certain point. It was just a lot um, happier. Mm-hmm. And I, we, for people who had gone, who had come from Beverly Hills, it was like, oh my God, we're in a seat. We can breathe a little bit. There's not screaming and yelling and fighting and battles breaking out. Like, it just was a different vibe. And then we kind of, like, had our limit to Dubai. It was great, but it was, like, a fine, good, enjoyable panel. But we're like, let's go do something else. And then I realized the schedule said photo up with Chris Manzo and Albie. And I was like, You did it? It's my time. So I said to my booze, shout out to Katie and Alexa, who truly made this weekend so special for me with Bravo Betch. They are incredible women and content creators. And honestly, to me, like some of the best in the biz, OGs of um, being content creators in the Bravo community. And they have a lot of followers for a reason. They're unbelievable. And if you have friends like that in the content creator world who are just like so generous with everything, I just shout out to Katie and Alexa. Thank you so much for saving me over the course of this weekend. But I was like, let's do it. So we look for Alvi and Chris. I'm just like searching, like sniffing like a fucking bloodhound. Like, where are they? I can feel his energy. <laughs> and I just get so nervous and ex- and like excited. But I also like was wearing nothing. People were like planning what they were going to wear. And I was like, I'm just going to roll out of bed and make my merry way. Have never met Chris Manzo before, by the way, you guys have talked about him forever. Oh there God. is a I'm body pillow, pillow or a pillow that a friend of mine sent me um, with Chris Manzo with a Chris Manzo pillow. It is the Chris Manzo honorary chair that AG guests sit in when they come to the cloth and I just start blushing and I was like oh yeah and we like walk into the room I have no idea what the photo lines I heard the hours long and spoke to people but it was like two people were there it was a small room we got there at the tail end when they were Chris and Albie aren't pulling Kathy Hilton crowds (laughs) shockingly to me I was like have we not seen Chris like (laughs) evidently he's my Madonna so um we walked into the room I start losing my mind and I was just like oh my god it's happening it's happening and so I said to them I was like how are we gonna do to Katie and Alexa who are with me I was like how are we gonna do this like I want a photo with just me and Chris but it's like Chris and Albie and so we, it was so, it was honestly, I couldn't stop laughing. And I was so awkward because I was blushing. And like, you guys, like the, the crush that I have on Chris Manzo has become essentially a running joke at this point over the course of many years on AG and on social. But like, I really do like Chris Manzo. I really do have a genuine crush on Chris Manzo. I, um, uh, unle- uh, I'm thinking like, <laughs> 
somehow he hears this. Like, I just, I, I love, I've been charmed by Chris Manzo. He is kind of like my guy, like stripper, um, strip club, car wash, ham game, funny, smart. Like he is my guy. When people had crushes on Albie, I never understood it as lovely as Albie is. I was always like, Chris Manzo is my man. Like he puts the man in Manzo for me. So, um, we get to the front. It's the two of them. I'm dying. We decide that the event people shouldn't take the photo. It should be Katie and Alexa taking it. So we take a photo with me in the middle and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I'm like feeling weird about my body in it. I'm already like thinking ahead. Like, am I going to hate like body dysmorphia popping at that point? But I'm also like, this is so great. Like I, I was out of my body excited because it felt so fun. It was one of the funnest parts of BravoCon for me genuinely was like just taking a photo with Albie and Chris. And then Katie and or Alexa are like, hey, Albie, um, can you and we have video of it? Hey, Albie, can you move out of the photo for a second? And I am just like feet red. Albie starts laughing. He can't believe it. Chris, I think, is happy about it because it's like, I'm sure maybe other people said that about Albie or people were probably crushing on Albie and my king is like standing there as support. And I literally was only there for Chris. And so we like, Chris and I take a photo and I'm dying and I'm like, thank you so much. And Albie is like, can you believe this? Like he was, he had, he took it so well. He was like joking about it. And like, Chris is like, oh my God, but he's probably a little embarrassed too. And I'm losing my mind. And so I was like, okay, thank you so much. Okay, bye. We leave. And they show me the photos. And I said, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. We're going back. So we go back into the room where there's literally one person again in front of us. And they look at us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we had technical difficulties. Technical difficulty being, I don't like how I looked in that photo. We will do it again. So we go up. And I don't know that I'll be, even though this had just happened, I don't know that he remember that I we were going to make that request a second time. So we took, we literally were like, Albie. It's just like, just like inch yourself over can there. Can you leave the photo? So we do it again with Chris. I think I probably apologized to Chris. And I wasn't like, hey, I'm Sarah with whatever. I was just like, I'm a nameless body right now. We don't, you don't need to know my name at this point because I'm so embarrassed and took another photo. And I liked one of those options out of Okay, 40. Have you posted that? I did post it. It's one where like oh, I, have to go I am just holding my hand up, my like finger up for some reason. You can see Albie's hand because I thought that was the funniest. It's like me and Chris and like Albie's hand and like shoulder in it. I thought was really funny. And guys, you know, I do. It's been suggested. It's been joked. It was the plan. You know, I do a Bravo themed holiday card every year for friends and fam of AG and you better believe this is gonna factor um and it was just one of those moments that for me was like so bravo con in the best way we're like we sat down at a good panel it was like a nice panel and we were like okay we're done with this now mm-hmm. and then we get to and I knew that they were doing a photo op before like when I went through the schedule I marked a bunch of stuff and that was one of the things I marked but so much of it was overlapping and and that was the only photo op that I did. I I didn't. There just simply wasn't time. But that felt to mm-hmm. me so BravoCon is like people. I'm sure were freaking out over Kathy Hilton. I was freaking out over Chris Manzo. He to me is like so. I just think of him and I I'm just like. Did, oh, did you a see smile. The, did you see the video of someone making Kenya cry in her photo op? Someone said to Kenya Moore, "You, you make, make me, me so happy when, when I'm, I'm sad." sad. 
which, <sighs> and I don't want to, oh God, I'm, I am actually going to cry at this. Like, I met so many like wonderful AGs. A woman was shouting my name and was like, Sarah, Sarah. And I didn't, I was just kind of like in a zone the entire time. And she was talking about her daughter who also like does musical theater and people were so sweet, but I spent a lot of time with Pet Shop Boy, um, Katie and Alexa, and I shared custody of him. We fought over who got to sit next to him at panels. <laughs> and someone went up to him. He was Madonna. He was, everybody was freaking out over Pet, where they saw him. He's just like a good friend of ours and like so wonderful and so funny. And he posted on social this morning about, I didn't see this moment or I, or I didn't hear them talking, but that someone just you know he's so funny and so smart but he someone came up to him and was like sharing your experience with cancer um like helped change their life or save their life when they were going through something and that just like I saw that he posted that on social this morning and that's just so deeply meaningful mm. that people were able to say like listen you're like a, a great part you helped me at some point um, I understand you like for us as podcasters, having people come up and say, I listened to you on hikes. Oh my God. Are you Sarah? Are you yeah. Dame Galley? Whatever it is. And like having moments where you're again, as we started the episode, connecting with people who you've maybe been messaging with for a while and having the mo- those moments of meeting them for me, just like knowing that, you know, Pet Shop Boy had that experience and he was able to understand how important that him sharing was to that person is so extraordinary and I think that was what was so great from like the content creation perspective is like how meaningful the one-on-one interactions were with people I know you were swarmed by people the whole weekend you were fucking Madonna people coming up asking for your photo because you're so important to people it's like the best part of BravoCon to me is like the idea that no one had to apologize for loving Bravo. We Mm -hmm. do this because we love it. I host this podcast. I can be critical of things because life is meant to discuss good or bad, but we love it and we don't have to feel bad about loving it. And I think so much of that is gendered the way that women sometimes have to apologize or explain loving things or people have to apologize or explain content that is in many ways about the a woman's experience or life it is um it's frustrating sometimes to see the ways that other standums don't have to explain themselves in mm-hmm. or defend themselves in the way that sometimes like this kind of content does but I just was surrounded by people in in the sea who all were there because they love this. And I think that was the energy that was so important that I think a lot of us held on to that makes BravoCon so special is that we are surrounded by people who appreciate we we start with the fact that we don't have to translate this to each other. We all speak the same language. And I think that's really cool, really great. Yeah, meeting people this weekend that you know bring up the podcast or what I do on social media like it really I mean that was truly like I mean we talk about like what was your favorite panel what was the like the coolest person you saw but it's like that was like a legitimate highlight of the weekend just like getting to interact with people and like I I know like (laughs) obviously like podcast reviews can be kind of like a fraught space but it's like there there are people who say nice things obviously and like reviews or dms or whatever but like having that face-to-face interaction with people that you know 
Yeah, I mean, I was getting messages from people saying to, like, go fuck myself because I completely misunderstood something I had said on a recent app, which even though I clarified 80 times. But then I'm getting other people coming up, you know, like, right. this is... Right, somebody's like, your podcast got me through my pregnancy. And I'm like, oh. right, okay, so, like, a one-star review on iTunes from somebody who didn't, like, you know, <laughs> that my guest had a vo- vocal fry. It's like, okay, then I don't really give a fuck about that. <laughs> but I think that, like, that leads into, and also the gendered idea of vocal fry. Well, yes, yes, yes. I mean, that was just an example. Don't make me tangent. But um, (laughs) but like that, I think that was also a lesson for not all people, but some people in terms of like you don't have to first off when it comes like asking a question at a panel, you don't have to be a pretend housewife. Like there were sometimes people who were saying things that was not great to like say to another human, regardless of whether they're on a TV star sharing their life. Yep. Um, But there was also just an appreciation there and it's so easy when it comes to like the toxic parts of the bravo community to say and do things on social media mm-hmm. that is really negative and is and can include um itunes reviews but it also can include mess direct messages you're sending to someone because you want to make them feel bad regardless if it's a content creator or a bravo lab and what was so exciting to me about BravoCon is the idea of like the vast majority of people some of them might do that on social media. They're not going to do it here. Like the humanization of the Bravo universe, I think is really important too. Sure. Were people fighting with each other at certain points? Yes. Is that going to happen regardless of the event set up itself? Probably. But there were also moments where like, listen, you might not like someone, but they're on stage and they're fucking killing it. You can applaud and appreciate and cheer them. Like, Mm -hmm. how great is that? I have to say one of the um, potentially most surprising people to me who I thought fucking killed it was Candace. Candace looked spectacular. She looked like a pop star. She was wearing her fucking pop star sunglasses inside in the panel, which to me is iconic. I absolutely wore my sunnies for the first two hours of Bravogon on Friday because I was like, (laughs) I need to acclimate my body to this. Um, I thought she did a great job. There were moments of people who... Uh, uh, where it's like, listen, you might disagree with them on certain points, but there are other positive aspects of them. Mm-hmm. And maybe BravoCon opened the door to that for a lot of for a lot of folks. Well, I, thinking about that, just like with what you said about Candace, I feel like a good kind of like representation of the respect is like somebody at the Potomac panel got on the mic to ask a question. And of course, before they got to the question, which first of all, if it's a Q and A, ask a ask fucking a, question. Ask a question. But ask a question. They were doing a whole thing of like, Karen might be the grand dame, but Giselle, you're the queen, and like basically shading Karen in favor of Giselle, which it just is not the point. It's not the reason anybody's there, and Potomac, I think, does this maybe better than any other cast. There is a mutual respect between all of those women and they understand more than any other franchise that getting this show across the finish line every year the way in the like spectacular fashion that they do is such a group effort. And so, yeah, Giselle and Karen shade each other and get in each other's grill and like have issues sometimes. But like Giselle is not Giselle doesn't want to sit up there and listen to people insult Karen Mm -hmm. So they can say good things about her. It's like, no, they would not. One would not work without the other. You know, like it is such a group effort. And I love seeing the women kind of understand and spread that because Mm -hmm. I think 
you know, that's kind of how I watch Housewives too. It's like, I want the show to succeed. I'm not more than rooting for any one specific person. Most of the time, I'm team good TV, you know, I, and I think when you have a cast that can kind of appreciate and uplift each other while still being shady and having their issues, that's what I want to see. And I feel like that's like the, the spirit of Bravo. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were talking about the Rinna booing thing. And like, listen, it's a different kind. I think that's like a singular kind of situation. Yeah. Um, But I think overall, it's like, let's focus on celebrating these women and doing that without necessarily dragging someone, noting that, you know, a little bit of sass is okay. Um, Because I think the questions that were asked at at many of these panels were so smart and Mm -hmm. so funny. People really thought about what they were going to ask these women. And the line deliveries of how they were asking the questions were so good that we were cheering for them before the the question was asked. When someone says hello in a certain way, I'm like, oh, you are a superstar. Like people would get up to the mic and use the opportunity to ask maybe shady questions, but really smart, funny ones and Mm -hmm. ones that we want to answer. Right. We want to hear an answer. Right. A shady question is great. You don't need to be rude in the delivery of the question. You know, I think that's the fine line. But someone went up to Ashley Darby (sighs) during a QA and a at a panel that I was in, the same panel where Garcelle was talking about the bot attacks. And and as their question said, I hooked up with your ex-husband. Oh, yeah. their question this person who was like maybe not all there shall we say a little bit of a party moment potentially a new york themed one at that i don't know they didn't seem a hundred percent on the ball but they asked a question that was their question was like to start off by saying that and then they were like but my question is and then said to caroline manzo Uh, Their question was, I hung out with Teresa last night. That was a part of their question. LOL. Um, Caroline, would you talk to Teresa? (laughs) Now, is that like the best moment? No, because you're saying this thing that's really baiting and rude. And like, as Ashley later said, when someone I think asked her about it, she was Mm -hmm. like, he's not, Michael isn't my problem anymore. He's not my responsibility. And there is a way to shade people uh, that this was not in terms of like having an enjoyable moment. But that was one moment out of hundreds of questions that were asked that in most part these women answered. Like Ashley Darby, who's going through something right now that is real. She's really divorcing her husband, a man who is universally reviled. And when she talks about the fact that she's getting a divorce or someone mentions that she's getting a divorce, the cheering and screaming of support for her and happiness Mm -hmm. was unbelievable. Like people are so happy for Ashley because they feel like he's been dragging her down and for her to experience that, like, and understand that it's, although a lot of it is like, cause I hate Michael. It's, it's because people want to support her and know that yeah. she is loved and she is better than him. She, We love her because of her, you know? In a little bit of a different way, I also re- I loved the support I saw for Lisa Hochstein and Cynthia Bailey this weekend. Mm. They both got so much love and, you know... Lisa was tearing up a little bit when we watched the Miami trailer because there's a lot of stuff with her relationship. And, you know, you could tell she was getting a lot of love from the women in the group Mm -hmm. and and has been. And, you know, people in the crowd were just like so 
on her side. And yeah. I love that. And Cynthia at the Watch What Happens Live I went to last night, she was there and, uh, you know, got asked kind of how she's been doing, doing and handling it. And she said that this weekend has been the best possible thing that could have happened right now because she's felt so much love and oh, so much yeah. support. And it's been such a needed break from the mm-hmm. stress of what's been going on in her private life and you know she said right now chill is chilling and <laughs> we're moving on but you, you I mean it was it's like that's the kind of thing where that is the kind of that's what the community can do in a positive way yeah and like it's nice to see yeah and it is also nice to see that like people were giving chances maybe to certain housewives that they don't necessarily fuck with because you're at a live event and you're listening to their voice. Maybe you ignore their voice when it comes to episodes, you're fast forwarding or you're, you don't fuck with them on social or whatever else. But when they're sitting at a panel, maybe that forces Mm. a listening to someone and maybe an understanding that, yeah, they might be complicated. They might suck in many ways, but they also have positive aspects too. Like you can't caricature a person who's 20 feet from you on stage in the way that you can online, which I think is, is also really great. And an important Heather Gay crying at the Salt Lake City panel as she did at another one at the girls trip because girls trip three surprise girls trip two. Um, and so it ended up being like a Q&A with both casts, which was incredible. But um, not my favorite panel, but uh, interesting. Um, but Heather, someone stood up at Heather Gay, this woman from I forget where, um, currently in New York, who just said to her, um, listen, you're you're so important to so many of us. Um, you seem like a fairy to me. You're almost otherworldly. The joy that you bring and also we feel pieces of ourselves in you, which is a really um, incredible thing to say to someone. And the way that Heather received it and she was crying and the way that I think Heather is seen, people see themselves in Heather Gay in a way that they might not otherwise in other housewives. And to see her receive that love and understand that so many people cheering at that question feel the same way was incredible. That mm-hmm. was an incredible moment to see play out in a weekend that was filled with incredible moments, which I think is the thing that we can really hold on to and say, like, wasn't this really great? It's it was cool to be in the room where that happened, you mm-hmm. know? And the rest is sleep deprivation. And the rest is sleep deprivation and lines. Um, listen, I got a bunch of questions from can we answer some of the questions? Yeah, let's do like a rapid fire. We're gonna do a rapid fire of um questions that I got on social and I will um answer more of them on a Patreon. Um thoughts on the New York reboot cast announcement. Um, I'm excited. I think people are being unnecessarily pessimistic and also forgetting that we are literally getting legacy. So the people are like, if there's no Sonia, I don't want it. And it's like, Sonia's thing is going to happen in a couple months. Like, I'm excited. And Jenna Lyons was the gag of the century. And I hope she's good. (laughs) Jenna Lyons, guys, who was like the face of J. Crew in a way that almost superseded J crew and became an important part of culture was a huge shock to all of us who understand how successful and famous Jenna is in her own right. Her, her influence far exceeds her personal fame in a way that I think people don't realize that they know about what she 
is known for. Um, but yeah, very, I'm excited. And I think the the group is really interesting. Um, I I'm, can't remember the names yet, but one of them is the first Indian woman to be. A oh, amazing. Which I, that is very cool. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I, I am excited for it and I have no reason to be pessimistic about something that I am going to watch anyway. So Luke and Ashley exclamation point. Yeah. Shout out to Real Moms of Bravo, who essentially <laughs> spoke this into existence. Um, well, Luke said at Watch What Happens Live last night that he likes a train ride, so <laughs> he wouldn't mind. Oh, my God. He wouldn't mind making the trip to D.C. Oh, I love that. I'm into that. Um, let's see. Uh, guys, you asked so many great questions. Again, this is like crazy. Uh, how was the vibe really regarding Rena? Um, okay, so I post I posted the video of her getting introduced and being booed, and people were like, "I hear cheering," and it's like, yeah, there were three thousand people in there. Not everyone was booing her, but Rinna did not seem like she particularly wanted to be at BravoCon. She was in my Bravo Palooza, which if you if you're unfamiliar, Bravo Palooza is like an extra ticketed out on event where you're in a room for an hour and they like send in Bravo celebrities, so you kind of like get more pictures, get to talk to them a little bit. It's a little more intimate. Rinna was there for like 10 minutes, um, didn't really seem to want to be there very much and kind of ran out. And I like, I like grabbed her for a quick selfie, just kind of for the LOL of it. But um, your photo with her was iconic. Rinna didn't seem to be one of the more engaged people at BravoCon, <laughs> I would say. Which I think some of that might be a, a, a defense mechanism to survive it because you know oh. how so many people feel for about you. Uh, yeah, that's not a safe space for her right now. I don't really blame her for that specifically. Yeah, and I mean, you know, she flipped the bird to people and and have talked about how how many viewers and people are essentially clowns on yeah. social media so I don't think it was unexpected um why did Erica say that Dorit was next in line to be divorced oh. on a watch what happens episode oh I don't know but I I liked Dorit's little uh response response today in the comments in CC loves you's post she was like misery loves company yeah and I also um was talking about this on a nine million minute long FaceTime with Damien Bellino where I was just doing a little bit of a VIP pass <laughs> the Bravagon experience last night um and he, I think it was Damien who sent me back screenshots of something that someone else had written otherwise which was like is that like a super shady unexpected shocking moment yes but like could it also be a play to make sure that Dorit and PK have some sort of something to discuss like was it almost maybe a way to like protect the Fox force getting back by introducing drama that nobody thought about perhaps but if it means the Fox force are going to have something to argue about I would be in favor of that um also Erica's line delivery in that moment was phenomenal I yeah. watched that video so many times well, her she, outfit the turn it was very very funny she's a performer Sarah you I mean how could I forget um how bad are the lines distance of walking chronic pain sufferer here Lines, I feel like we talked about walking. You could do more or less, but there is walking. <laughs> There's, yeah, I mean, I I don't know how many steps I took, but it felt like a lot. Um, I just want to know how you felt being there. I loved being there. I yeah. Love, I love that. <laughs> I love this place. I don't know. <laughs> um, what was the vibe of attendees? Mostly really positive. I mean, I interacted with a lot of people either, whether it was somebody who 
you know, came up to me and knew who I was or whether it was just kind of making conversation with people. I met a lot of really cool people. I think everybody was really excited to be there. I'm sure, um, you know, line morale was maybe lower at some points, but I, I mean, everybody was excited to be there. Um, which Bravo lab was the nicest? Did you hang out with Barlow? That's because of I, I die for, I'm a Barho and Lisa Barlow. I did to just to answer the second part of this. I did text a little bit with Lisa, but um, just to be oh. like, because she fucking killed it at the Salt Lake. Literally, the second Salt Lake City oh, yeah. ended, I was like, Queen Energy, because she was she was fu- she was phenomenal. They I, all were. Yeah. They all were. I didn't interact with Lisa this weekend, but I had her on my podcast a few weeks ago. She came in person. So if you if you haven't listened to mention at all. Go listen yes. to my interview with Lisa. The nicest person I talked to. Oh, I, I saw Dr. Nicole, who I had only interviewed on Zoom before. And so I met her in person and had a really nice interaction. And it was before they had played the trailer. And like I, her little like her voice. I, I, I love her. She's like the, she's like, people are literally going to die when they see this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um uh which bravo lab was the nicest i hung i interacted with almost none of them i really did not i wasn't svip yeah. i didn't have that um i wasn't i didn't ask for press credentials so i missed being in the um press room uh which is a separate conversation about imposter syndrome that i will probably get into on patreon Ooh, i get that um yeah uh so i don't know about the nicest um uh best tea that hasn't hit social media yet or at all so many good questions, you guys. I'm going to get into this on Patreon. I feel like people were really good. I feel like there's been a lot of boots on the ground with the the tea getting onto social media. I know. I feel like the Jennifer Aiden drink throwing of it all is still kind of like a developing story. It is story. A developing story. So I think with I think with New Jersey, like the panel splitting, the arguing over what the reason was for that, like I think that is a pretty live wire where there might be more developments. But I think all of the drama that happened at BravoCon that I'm aware of is like out there. Yeah. And how many people recognized your fabulous self? What about you? I'm, I'm, these are asked to me, but I think both it applies to both. I want to hear your answer. I don't have a number. I mean like a, a lot, like over the, over the course of a few days, I got stopped a lot and it was so like all positive interactions. Like, so people were so nice. It was so fun. And I loved that people wanted to like I was I love that people felt comfortable talking to me because those interactions were so great um I it was incredible I also got a lot of dms from people who were like I got a dm from someone who was like I saw you I got a margarita so that I could like build my courage to come say hi and then you were gone and Mm -hmm. I felt so bad and so BravoCon 2023 whatever the fuck year we're I don't even know what year we are 2022 2023 um maybe we'll organize something um but the people that I had a chance to connect with were incredible and tag me in photos if we took one please um one final question did you go to the married to med panel I didn't I heard it was spicy I went and you can see some of those videos on my Instagram and guys I have so much content that I didn't get a chance to post were you were you the one that posted the video of quad being like I found out who he slept with and I have the permission to say it yes that was me (laughs) um I have to say I am several episodes behind married to medicine but we were second row to the right uh and it was unbelievable I do have to shout out one of the panel VIPs for any panel noting that I haven't even seen like the robbery or break-in so when they're fighting about stuff I like haven't seen those episodes I didn't watch yet. the season but I, I love Married to Medicine I just am not 
it's, up to date. There's so a lot of us are feeling that way where there's just a lot of content going yeah. on. Um, but I will be catching up uh, soon. Um, Doctor Contessa mm. destroyed. Doctor Contessa was a fucking superstar. She came in hot. She got out of her seat to stand in front of Doctor Mariah and not Doctor Doctor Mariah. Oh my Ooh. god, Doctor. Oh sorry, <laughs> Doctor Heavenly and block her like like she was like Contessa and Heavenly are not in a good place they are not dr heavenly was just there was a lot of swearing Mm -hmm. a lot of upset that their interaction was fascinating the interaction between seemingly everyone else in the cast and anila was really interesting anila did not have a great panel Mm -hmm. i would say but again i don't know did she set herself up for success on that by what I've heard happens in this season? I think it was the opportunity for a lot of people to express uh, disagreement with some of her choices. Um, yeah. On the last couple episodes, I have to say that just seeing Dr. Simone in person gave me such a adrenaline rush. I love that woman. She is in my housewives top five and she is literally not a housewife. I do not care. I got a photo with Dr. Jackie yesterday. That was fun. <gasps> Oh, also, I so I didn't go to the Married to Medicine panel, but I went to so good, you guys. on Friday. There was like an East Coast versus West Coast panel that was like they it was kind of like a game like they did. With like Darren. A, uh, yes, Darren yeah, Clark. I went to that, too. Yeah. Um, it was like such a fun mix. It was like 10, 10 people and it was all housewives except for Quad. And I loved seeing Quad in that mix. Mm. It was like um, Adriana, Marlo, Cynthia, Ramona. Was Shannon in it? Shannon, Erica, Garcelle. It was a very fun, just yeah. a very light, easy atmosphere. Yeah, and we, which I, we loved, which we loved. But I loved seeing that it was like all housewives and quad because I feel like quad is a fucking star. Quad is a star. And so I love her. I love the married to medicine women have been like putting in the work for so long. And because they don't have that housewives label, I feel like they get left out of the conversation a lot yes. of the time. And I just loved seeing, uh, I loved seeing her be up there and everybody, you know, being excited that she was there. And at one point, I forget who it was. I think it was Dr. Contessa said as much and was like, listen, we're putting in the work. We need more support. She was, she literally, I think it was Contessa. She was like to anybody in the room who's here with the network, like, we deserve more support, which, and it wasn't exactly those words, but it, it, it sort yeah. of was. It was, I think, incredible that she said that in the room and which, like, so I'm many gu- people agree with. I'm guilty me. of that too. Like I definitely, there are times where it's like, I have to decide between two shows, which one I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And sometimes I don't, but like, I, I mean, I have so much respect for them and like what they've built as a franchise and, you know, not having that kind of attention that the other ones get when they are sometimes not nearly as good one of the q a questions was like can i get an o shot which was oh you haven't seen the season um no. that i did see that episode dr jackie does these this like shot of something oh like orgasm. orgasm yeah that came up in conversation several times <laughs> and Jesus was incredible Christ. and it is also tough because andy's girls is a podcast about housewife psychology and mm. mary to med isn't a housewife show but i love it and i love when yeah. mary to med comes up in episodes and guys if you want to go to BravoCon, start BravoCon by watching mary to medicine and become a part of the mary to medicine community because it's, oh, it's so good from incredible. the first from the first incredible. season it pops off so good and also i've had people ask me which season 
should you start with? There are certain shows where I'm like, you're going to start a little bit later. You can't with Married to Men. You got to start or start with maybe a later season if you want to make a chaotic choice, which we we, we support here at AG, but eventually go back because it needs you need to know the Mariah generation to understand what follows. Well, and also they've had a remarkable for being on for nine seasons now, I think they've had a remarkable amount of consistency in the cast. And yeah. even we've seen the last couple seasons bringing back people like Carrie and Nicole, Lisa mm. Nicole and, you know, Quad, <laughs> Quad was demoted for a season and came back. Yeah. Like Most of the people that were around in those first few seasons, I think Heavenly was added in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toya, Simone, Jackie have all been there since the beginning. It really is one of those shows where it has been one group the whole mm-hmm. time with a, a few changes in and out but yeah it really is like a, a nine season long arc <laughs> um what was your rose what was your overall BravoCon rose and thorn um my overall rose was meeting a lot of people and uh, I, I, uh going to the watch what happens lives was really fun the legends yeah. ball and then I did the mystery door one last night which was just a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and then uh, thorn I mean, the the Beverly Hills panel overall, it was probably the least entertaining panel I went to content wise. And then the the situation surrounding it just made it, you know, really stressful. Um, my rose was Legends Ball meeting AGs. You guys are so incredible. I loved meeting all of you. And if I seemed a little harried, it was because I was Look, just like very confused girl, as to my surroundings. Who wasn't harried? Yeah, I was very much like, and also having someone say Sarah and Sarah, it's like everybody's named Sarah. So I didn't know if someone was like looking for me or just calling out to one of eight bajillion other Sarahs in the room. Um, So that was incredible. Um, And two part Thorn, the Beverly Hills panel or three part Thorn, the Beverly Hills panel, um, not valuing myself and my voice in this community and uh, asking for the thing, putting myself forward mm-hmm. for things that I think, uh, you know, there was sort of an idea that that would happen. And it's like trying to figure out your space in a world that like, where's the value here? Like who's yeah. who's valuing my voice? Like right. and how does that um, how much uh how much of that should I take responsibility for, for, for not valuing myself? I think like Mm -hmm. sort of open the door to like some here's improvements you can make in the house known as your heart and soul Mm -hmm. that can maybe help you in the future. I think I did myself a disservice in some ways without, you know, by not doing press credentials or or getting in touch. Um, and I take responsibility for that. And that was a fun little moment for me when I had an absolute nervous breakdown day one and was like, Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. take take back your power Sarah (laughs) what's happening reclaiming my time (laughs) reclaiming my time and um the third uh of my three thorns which was something that I noticed uh seemed to be the thread throughout the weekend was the treatment by other people of Jill Zarin where she was the butt of the joke at many panels and the fighting and anger and rage that Dorinda seemed to have for her was very uncomfortable at the panel before girls trip. Um, and, and, you know, Dorinda at some of these panels was tough, but I just at, at the girls trip panel and another panel that I saw that they did together, it was, very tough and also the way that other people were speaking about her she was a punchline in a way Mm -hmm. that everybody's a little bit of a punchline but like 
you know, like understanding it didn't feel like she was in on the joke and um, I didn't love it. I think that Jill is an incredible and important and historic housewife. And um, I did not love the way that, uh, you know, Dorinda was treating her specifically um, and and just the way the vibe around Jill by some of the people on stage. I, I didn't love. I agree with that. Yeah. Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. And she, I mean, I she and Tamara did squash that beef at Legends Ball, and mm-hmm. I think Jill was like, "I've apologized before, and I apologize again." And Tamara just kind of like went off on her, which, I mean, you're playing squash that beef, you're allowed to be dramatic, but I, I, I think Jill is, uh, has to be bruised up a little bit after the weekend. Yeah, I do have to say again, just even though we both said it as a part of our rose, that being in the room for Legends Ball was incredible, and there were some sound issues, and so Andy did essentially an ask Andy. <sighs> during that time and ask questions and the most important like I asked questions at BravoCon in 2019 I had mm-hmm. not a single question in 2022 because no, I, I didn't I, even try I didn't even try I didn't think about it had nothing was just here for the ride and speaking of the ride thank you so much to Bravo for yeah inviting us and having us in the building where it happened and to anybody who worked on the event or is a part of the Bravo team including Bravo Social um, you know, you guys did such an incredible job and obviously I think it was, um, it's hard to grow and sometimes that brings with it, uh, different challenges. Um, but I'm so thankful to have been there. I honestly, truly AG sometimes a psych 101 and that was a fun opportunity for me with my own <laughs> journey in life, um, throughout the weekend. And this was a 19 hour episode, Dylan Hafer, but there's nobody that I would rather go through the journey of unpacking BravoCon than you. It's a healing journey. <laughs> it is. It's your, your, you're my Heather Gay in this moment. You at grounded my, me. You grounded me. I see myself in you. At my last session with my faith, with my energy healer, Megan. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, okay, guys. <laughs> On that note. Um, listen, Dylan Hafer, tell the people about Mention It All and um, where they can follow you on social. Yeah, you can follow myself at Dylan Hafer. Uh, you can follow all my Bravo musings at Bravo by Betches. And listen to the Mention It All podcast wherever you get your Andes, girls. Uh, we do three to four episodes a week, um, <laughs> d- depending, on, depending on what's in season. Lately, I've been doing little like solo bonus ups about... Uh, I started with Top Chef and then I did Southern Charm and I guess I guess now I'm doing Winter House because the, the train keeps on chugging. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, listen to Oh my god, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> I was Casey Kasem, which I was into. <laughs> uh but yes, listen to mention it all wherever <laughs> you get your podcast. And thank you, Sarah, as always, for having me in, in the office. I mean, a pleasure to have you here, IRL. Guys, join the Andy Scrolls Patreon, the number one way to support the pod and help me pay for some of the $19 um, million dollar cabs that I took over the course of the last three and a half days. Um, Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on social. Bunch of reels up with videos from BravoCon with more coming on Instagram at Dame Gally. And I also just want to shout out all of the AGs who I met and all of the content creators. I threw a little night before 
BravoCon Kiki um, here on the Upper East Side. And it was so incredible to meet so many people in the Bravo community and just get a little bit of a chance to, to hang and have some chill before um, before the storm of sass and excitement that followed. And um, writing a little piece about BravoCon. So that should be up um, this week. Uh, LOL, hashtag writer girl <laughs> to self. Finish it. <laughs> Start it. The journey has just begun. Um, and so you can look for that soon. I'll be posting it on uh, social when it goes up. Um, guys, thanks to everybody for listening to this deep dive of all things Bravo Con, a Bravo iconic episode. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, yawn. <laughs> okay, Dorit. <laughs> Justice for PK. We'll chat with you later. Bye-bye.